Hello my loves, welcome to Dying to Know. I'm your host, Izzy. Hi, how are you? I hope you're well. I'm alright, I was on a bit of a hiatus there for two weeks, but I am back now. I was kind of wondering what to do this episode about because I do have lots of ideas but I need further research and I'm just kind of waiting on a few things in order to be able to give you the best information I can. So I was having a little think and I was like, okay, why don't we talk a little bit more about actually researching this stuff and more specifically the ethics surrounding that because I encourage curiosity for these things but there are lines that we should and shouldn't cross and it's not always clear what those lines are. So sit back, relax and let's explore this together. So I was on a walk last week and I came across kind of an an upsetting scene. Um, I'm not going to disclose location or any kind of identifying information for the people involved because I don't know what's happening with it. I don't know if there is a case or if someone's been charged or anything like that. Basically what happened was someone had been hit by a car, to put it in layman's terms. So I was on this walk, um, I just tend to go on walks in the evening, uh, but that's neither here nor there. And while I was walking, a ambulance just kind of came flying down the road with the sirens on and it passed me and I was like, yeah, like I, I, I remember, I remember it passing me, um, but I remember not thinking much of it because it happens quite frequently, you know, for any of us that live in um kind of areas near hospitals or just kind of like metropolitan or have heavily populated areas it's just a thing you will see a guard a car an ambulance fire trucks that sort of thing but then more passed and I was like a bit strange but I still didn't think I would be coming across what was happening but I did and basically I get there and I see the roads blocked off uh for cars but pedestrians could still walk so I was like like it was on my walking route so I just kind of kept going I, I didn't really know what to do I kind of went into a bit of a panic where I was like dithering and I was like no like just continue on with your walk fine um and there were a lot of people a lot of bystanders and there was someone on in the middle of the road on the ground surrounded by emergency personnel um who were giving the medical attention and it was dark and I didn't have my glasses on and I didn't really want to see what was going on either uh, but some woman kind of came up to me and said, what happened? And I was like, I, I don't know. I just got here. I'm sorry. And someone else came over to the both of us and said uh, they were hit by a car and the car kept going. They didn't stop. It was a hit and run. And I just sort of froze for a moment. I do. I am a freeze, basically, you know, that whole fight, flight, freeze or fawn thing. I freeze. And I just kind of was stuck to the ground there and I was like, what is happening? And so I had that moment where I was kind of looking on worriedly. And then from what I could see, um, the person was alive and was alert. Their legs were moving. They were speaking. So I was like, okay, okay, no one's, no one's died. This is good. And then I was like, how can I help? And I, I was really thinking about it for a few minutes before I realised that I couldn't help because, you know, the emergency personnel were already there. They were already receiving medical attention. I was just contributing to the massive groups of people surrounding this area. And I was like, I don't want to be part of this. I don't want to watch this happen. So I just turned around and went straight back home. Um, And I was quite distressed by the whole thing. But obviously, you know, I'm not the one who suffered. So I deeply hope that whoever 
it happened to that person is recovering well and I hope whoever did this to them has been caught and is being charged and that justice will take due course. But that instance kind of made me think about the ethics surrounding death and the sort of bystander effect that seems to happen. Not so much that you don't step in and do anything, but how when these things happen or if someone is dead, someone has died, it is within our nature to just stare because we're not used to it, it's different and because we're curious. And we have these morbid curiosities, I suppose. I cannot really blame anyone for how they react in these situations because I have done that. I've kind of just stopped and looked and been like, what? What is it? What is it? Like that need to know something because it's foreign and it doesn't happen every day. And when it comes to dead bodies, I am still quite like that. Like I've disclosed before, I've seen one body in my entire life. Um... But I was, I was up close and I was like, what's going on here? What's going on here? I can't stop looking at her. What's happening? And obviously, you know, this, this wasn't a stranger. So I don't think this was unethical. You know, I didn't just find a random body and start poking it with a stick. Um, it was someone I was close to. Uh, so although I can't imagine she would have been too delighted. We had a close personal relationship and I think she probably would have found it a little bit funny. And it was because it was my first, my first dead body, you know that uh, rite of passage, stand by me kind of thing. I've never even seen stand by me. And I just started thinking about how I react to death now um, and that curiosity and how far does that curiosity take me? Am I hurting people in my curiosity? With the quest for knowledge and the quest for research and data, what line should I put in place for myself? So I want to get into the extreme of this because obviously there are lines that even I don't cross and even I think that all of us can objectively agree are pretty unethical. So basically something happened last year in the United States. There was a man named David Saunders who died at age 98 of COVID. His widow tried to um, donate his body to like medical schools, which is something you can do here, uh, but I will get more into that in a later episode but they wouldn't take the body specifically because he had died of COVID. So instead she decided, or she did a bit more research and she found a private company that would take his body for research. And she thought, great, you know, donating the body to science, doing something great, helping, you know, doctors or helping to cure diseases, all this sort of thing. This company, Meded Labs, like I think even from the get-go, if you have a private company that deals with bodies that takes donations and then gives them, to other organizations, to other people, not a fan of it. And I'll, I'll tell you why. So death care and funeral care is expensive. If you've ever listened to me rant on Instagram, you know this, it costs more than it should. And I don't like that death has been capitalized on in this way. And I will fight it until the very end. And what this company Meded Labs do is they say, you know, like you, you donate the body to us and then we will pay to have them cremated or buried. We take care of the funeral costs so you don't have to worry about it. Which is nice. In essence, it's nice. And that's actually something a lot of medical schools do. And it's certainly what's done here um, from speaking to a few medical schools that they will cover for it. The, you know, the family can choose to have the body cremated or buried. They can be buried uh, in this specific university um graveyard ultimately for a donated cadaver and it, it seems quite nice 
And that is the only kind of compensation you get in medical schools here. I'm not sure how it works in America, but I imagine it'd be much the same. The problem I have with this company, MedEd Labs, and all other private companies like it, is that they sell the body on to third parties, to other organisations. And another thing I don't like about these private companies is that Obviously, they, they can't say definitively what the body's going to be used for, but that means the families don't know. So David Saunders' widow gives her husband over to MedEd Labs. Her name is Elsie Saunders, by the way. So she donates David's body to MedEd Labs. And MedEd Labs' ethos is that like you're helping people of tomorrow and it's for education, it's for science, and it's valuable research. Arguably what happened to David's body was scientific and was educational, but I feel like the lack of ethics, the lack of thought that went into it, totally negates any sort of scientific or research benefit. So MedEd Labs have his body and they sell it on um, for 10 grand, I might add, to an organisation called Death Science. Death Science sounds... To me, from the get-go, it's great that they're putting it in layman's terms, but it kind of sounds a bit too sensationalized to me. Although I can sometimes say like death science. I like to say more mortuary science because it sounds a bit more official. Death science sounds a bit like what sells, you know? Um, and what death science do with David's body is they put on a public autopsy of his body. And when I say public, I don't mean like all those years ago when grave robbers were stealing people's bodies and they would be dissected to train in medical students. I mean the general public. Do I think the general public should be allowed to view autopsies and view embalming procedures? Honestly, yeah. Yeah, I think they should because I think it would take away a lot of the fear and I think a lot of people are curious. If they're curious, they should be given the chance to witness this stuff. But do I think the donor and the donor's family should consent to that? Yeah. Because, like I said, this was open to the public. Not only that, Death Science made money off this event. Sure, they, they bought David's body for 10 grand, but tickets for this were from 100 to $500. If you bought a $500 ticket, you were front row. Like, you were very, very close to the body. You could get a little bit more involved. That is absolutely horrendous. I think what makes it worse is that this live autopsy was held in a hotel, a Marriott, I think. And it was part of an expo, not not a science expo, not even necessarily a death expo, but like a curios and oddities expo. And to refer to someone who has died of a disease that has ravaged the globe and killed millions as an oddity or a curio is so tactless and so disrespectful. Um, and Elsie has been absolutely distraught by the event because she didn't know what it was getting she was getting herself into she didn't know what this would entail so this all happened last october from what i can see there hasn't been a resolution yet but i'm as you can imagine elsie is pretty distraught by this because she's in her 90s she has lost her husband um so that is unimaginable amounts of grief and then to find to think you're doing a good thing the right thing to help further medicine and then to find out you know, it was not that at all and it didn't further medicine in any way, shape or form is devastating. It was absolutely devastating. And yeah, sure, this was this was educational. Like I said, this was educational to the public, the general public. 
But as far as I'm concerned, if you're selling tickets at $500 a pop for people to see this man's autopsy at a curiosity expo, you lose all credibility with me. And I think with a lot of people. I just think it is horrifying. I'm horrified by the whole thing. And there's a lot of finger pointing going on at the moment because med ed labs are saying, oh, we're, we can't believe this has happened. You know, death science never told us this. We thought it was going to be an autopsy for the, the sake of medical professionals like, like Elsie. And death science are saying, no, you did know and you provided us with the pathologist who performed the autopsy. So just a lot of back and forth. Nobody wants to take the blame because why would they? You know, if I had committed something like this, I'd be like, what? I'd disappear pretty quick as well. Um, I'm also just out of the pure shame and I hope they do feel ashamed. I really, really hope they do. And I just think there, ugh, it was, there was a simpler way to have made this ethical. Years ago, there was a post-mortem done. It might've been the BBC or ITV or Channel 4. I don't know. It was one of those British channels, but basically people could attend this event in person, but it was also streamed live on television. Um, I would have to have a look at the year, but I know that I was a child when this happened and I said, I want to watch this. I really want to watch this. I think, let me see, it was in the house that I'm still living in. So it had to have been maybe 10 or 11, um, maybe a little bit younger, but I couldn't tell you. <laughs> my memory is not all that great. We got about five seconds in and my mother was like, no, nope, and she shut it off because her and my sister were getting too disgusted. I was enraptured by this whole thing. Now in saying that, the person who had died consented for this he was like yep let's do it let's autopsy my body live on television so as far as I'm concerned that's ethical if David had known if David was you know had said from uh the get-go before he died you know like okay I'm going to donate my body to science and I know that that can involve so many different things it's not always going to be medical schools I could be used as a crash test dummy I could be used as this I could be used as that fine fine and if death if med ed labs had been clear with elsie and said look yeah this you know it's not necessarily going to go to a medical school it could go to this and then if death science had approached elsie and said look we want to use your husband's body for a live autopsy that is the way to do it ethically because then she could have said because she didn't want this to happen she's expressed that she's horrified that this did happen not so much that she didn't know um, of course she is upset that she didn't know that's a big part of it but the thing she seems most upset and distressed by is that her husband's death was became a commercialized event so it would have been ethical if she'd been given the chance to say no and if someone else who knew what was happening said okay yeah great I, I consent for you to take you know my spouse or my parents body to do this they knew that Donating your body to science was a big endeavor and it's a very vague term. Yeah, let's go for it. Um, and it's just, <sighs> it's a disaster. And I know, I know ethics are so subjective, but surely there's got to be a moment where we go, no, that's not right. That is not right. Because think about how you want your body to be treated when you die. Me personally, I don't really care that much. You know, um, if someone does want to give me a little nudge with their foot, I'm not going to haunt them over it, but I like to think, I like to hope that I am being treated with respect. And I also like to think that what I want to have done with my body will be carried out. And that if that needs to change, my next of kin will be informed 
and they will be able to make a decision on whether to go ahead with that or not. The reason I told that story was just to give you a really drastic example of really unethical ways a body can be treated. But I also want to bring it a little bit closer to home. Now, for those of you in Ireland, you will probably, or those of you who follow me on Instagram, you will be familiar of the case of Patter Doyle. Um, something I have been so just mind blown by and fascinated by. If you don't know the story, uh, I'm going to give you a breakdown. If you do know the story, I'm also going to give you a breakdown. You know, you can skip ahead a few seconds if you want. Basically, what happened was Patter Doyle was a man who passed away a few weeks ago. Um, but his body was brought by his nephew and another man to the local post office to pick up his pension. I don't... Like, do you ever just despair of people sometimes? Like, I don't know exactly what happened here. You know, none of us do except the people that were involved. Um, But it is just such a confusing case. It is such a fascinating case. The reaction to it has been that of just bemusement, confusion and all outrage because people are rightfully horrified by this. Um, like, I, I, I'm trying to find the words to put this eloquently, but every time I think about it and I think about what actually happened, I just, my mind goes, sweet Jesus, and just shuts off because I don't understand the thought process behind it. So this all broke out a few weeks ago. I think it must have been about two weeks ago when it happened. And I found out about it from Reddit. I was scrolling and it wasn't even Irish subreddits. It was a subreddit called Not The Onion. So The Onion is a satire site. And so the point of the subreddit is that people post in articles with headlines that are so ridiculous, you would assume they're satire, but they're not. And it was just basically like, oh my God, someone weekend at Bernie's to someone. And I didn't even have to click into the article because I saw a picture with the article link of the on post sign. And I was like, oh, it's bloody Ireland. It's Carlo. So that happened. Um, and like I said, people were outraged or absolutely outraged. And one thing that people were calling for was for these men to go to prison. And they said they need to be charged and put in jail for misuse of a corpse, abuse of a corpse, desecration of a corpse, bad treatment of a corpse, etc., etc. I will say this until the cows come home. That law doesn't exist here. Um, that I can find. I have been in touch several times with the Department of Justice for clarification on this um, and they are not getting back to me. I think it's because I specifically have found a hole <laughs> in our legal acts and being like why why isn't this here uh, and they're, maybe they think I'm using this knowledge to plan a crime but I'm not. It's just for the sake of clarity and for the sake of information so that the Irish people, people living in Ireland, know exactly what can and can't be done with their body as far as i'm concerned or as far as i'm aware let's say i believe we do have a law against um, preventing a proper burial of a body so you can be charged with that so that could be potentially what these two men including patter's nephew could be charged with other than that though they're not going to be charged with desecration of a corpse because that doesn't exist um, and it doesn't happen but i think that kind of follows suit because a lot of people assume it does exist because we are bombarded with American media. So we think, you know, American laws must apply here. No, uh, we mostly follow Britain in regards to laws. And in Britain, the laws also don't really exist there either. If they do, they're unclear. They also have a prevention of a proper and decent burial law there. So I imagine we just went, yeah, okay, let's go with that. 
as is the way, uh, colonization, what are you going to do? The fact of the matter is, whether we like it or not, a lot of our ethics, a lot of our morals are influenced by law, laws that are already put in place that we are familiar with. Like, we know murder is bad, and it's also very illegal. Because there are no clear laws in regards to bodies here and in the UK, I feel like the ethics of it all aren't very clear. But, you know, this was not a good thing that they did. This was not a a good thing that happened. And because this happened a few weeks ago, I kind of assumed it would go quiet because I was like, all right, probably nobody's going to be charged for a while. They need to do an investigation. But I feel like it's going to be very messy throughout because what the nephew is claiming is that Patter was alive when they left the house. And that once they got to the post office, only then did they realise he was dead. Guardy are saying like, oh, we hope to find out exactly when he died, which you're putting too much on the pathologist here. Uh, they can put down the time of death to a few hours. It is not like, okay, uh, I'm just using the time it is right now. Uh, 12 minutes and 32 seconds past five in the evening, this man died. It is not that exact. So I think it's a flawed investigation, it's a flawed case, and it's going to um, expose a lot of flaws in the system and with our laws. And so anyway, yeah, so I looked, I looked for an update and I, I just did a bit of research and I was like, okay, what's going on here? There, has there been any update? They had his funeral last week or so. Um... The nephew was there, he was one of the, the pallbearers, which, odd, okay, you know, I can't really speak for the family and what they're feeling right now, and the, the nephew's also been approached for comments, and he's given statements being like, well, I'm not stupid, I obviously wasn't going to try and rob this man's pension, he's my uncle, I care about him, which, you know, was a fair enough statement to make, I suppose, um, but I... I don't know how to say this without sounding mean. I question his intelligence if he didn't notice that the man was dead. I find that. Now, apparently he's cooperating with the Gardaí. Great. There hasn't been much said about the other man. I don't know his name. I can't find anything about him. Um, Good that he's cooperating with the Gardaí. Don't understand how they didn't realise that he was no longer alive. Basically, this guy's story goes is that you know, they left, Pater was alive, and then he started dragging his feet at a certain point, so they were like, okay, and they linked him, and they were dragging him along. Once they get to the post office, they let go of him, which he drops to the ground, and they're like, oh yeah, he's dead. Now, I don't know about the rest of you, but if I was going somewhere with a loved one or a friend, and they suddenly needed me to support their full weight, I would probably get them to a hospital before going to collect their pension. And I would also be talking to them and saying, are you all right? And if they weren't responding, then I would gently lower them to the ground and check that they were still breathing. Is this not common sense? If someone suddenly just kind of collapses and you have to carry them, is it not common sense to try to get them to come around, see if they're alert and if that's not working, see if they're alive and call an ambulance. (laughs) Like... I just don't know what to think of the entire story and I'm going to be following it and seeing what this exposes and what this does for our justice system. Um, Very strange coincidence that, you know, I I originally contacted the Department of Justice last year. I hadn't heard back from 
I contacted them again being like, I'm boosting this email. I am awaiting your reply, please. And then like less than a week later, this happens. And I was like, oh God, they think I'm responsible. They probably don't. Um, also, you know, different counties. I don't know this man. You can't prove anything. <laughs> but it's just, it's strange. It's strange. And, and it kind of then does follow into the ethics of that because if they did know he was dead even if what they did wasn't really illegal in regards to in regards to like dragging a corpse around it was arguably unethical because i'm assuming that potter didn't consent to have his corpse dragged to a post office before he died and i can tell you without any doubt that the other people in the post office did not say you know what i want to see today someone who's just died because there were all manner of people. This is a local post office. The staff were horrified. Absolutely horrified by the whole thing. There was someone in there who was 12 years old. And her mother was like, I don't know how to explain this to her. I think we should be more exposed to death. I think we should be able to get these opportunities. Like I said, to see an embalming procedure. To see a post-mortem. But all parties involved need to consent to this. It... <laughs> I don't know why that isn't obvious to some people. So in wrapping up this episode, I decided to double check my information on the autopsy that was um, broadcast on live television, UK television, several years ago. Um, And I had a little look at it and it was actually 2002. So I was seven years old. So I can maybe now understand why my mother was like, I'm turning this off. But I decided to just do a little bit of further research in it because from what I remembered, I was just going from my memory saying, yeah, this this was informed consent. And it turns out it's actually Gunther von Hagens who performed this and it was a series on Channel 4. And now I it's available on YouTube, um, but there is, you know, you have to sign in, be over 18 and you have to consent to proceed to watch it. And I watched the first few minutes and Gunther kind of stopped after he'd made his first incision and said, just so you know, I do want to say this man did consent to um, a public autopsy or a public post-mortem for, for the sake of education. And I was like, okay, all right, I'm going to take his word for it. Gunther von Hagen's, um is actually, coincidentally, the man who basically invented plastination. If you don't know what plastination is, if you have ever heard of the Body Worlds exhibit, where, you know, the human bodies who, it was, they were just like all nerves or all muscles were displayed. That is how they are preserved through plastination. Gunther patented this, he invented it, and he has basically organized, he's the creator of the Body Worlds exhibition. This is not to be confused with the Bodies exhibition. The Bodies exhibition is the one with the massive controversy surrounding it, saying that these were um, executed prisoners from Chinese prisons. Gunther has said time and time again, that um, informed consent was given by the donors before their death and he has made documentation of this available. He has the proof, basically. So body world's good, body's not good um, in regards to those exhibits. So if we take Gunther's word on this, and I am because I just hope and I want to see the best in people, um, this is how it's done ethically. And I think an important part of what he has done throughout his career, it's not that he was saying, look at this dead person, this is about death, because in the end it wasn't. The idea was that he was showing people how their body works while they're alive through the use of cadavers. And I think that is a valuable asset to have. And I think it also then exposes people to death 
and that it's not really scary if you put it scientifically. That being said, of course, there's so much more to death than the science of it, although I like to rationalize it. I also realize, and I believe even the scientists among us, not me, but, you know, people who work with this from a scientific perspective, we also need to be respectful, recognize and acknowledge the weight that spiritualism, religion, and just society and attitudes and emotion and grief, how much weight they carry. Death isn't just science. It is a whole event. But I'm fairly confident that through Gunther's career, he has done things ethically and it has been for the sake of science and education but he has not compromised ethics and um, humanity and dignity within that. There's also a flip side to this. I spoke earlier about the case of David Saunders. Something else happened, something similar happened a few years ago on the BBC. I found this out while I was researching um, Gunther's autopsy and it turns out that another autopsy was recorded and shown. And this wasn't on TV, this was on BBC Three, which several years ago moved to online specifically. I don't have access to the BBC iPlayer because the British hate us. Um, and it's like, you're not in the right region. So I don't remember hearing about this. I didn't watch it as far as I'm concerned. I don't remember seeing this. Did I? No, I'm pretty sure I didn't. But I, while I was researching Gunther's um, event, the live thing on Channel 4, I came across this. And this is just horrendous. In 2016, BBC Three um, commissioned and put on a show called Obesity colon the Postmortem. You can already tell from the get-go that this isn't going to be good. They got the body of a recently deceased woman from the United States. Um, I'm not quite sure why they couldn't have used someone within England because these were English pathologists. And they flew this woman's body over and they were doing this uh, autopsy to show the effects that obesity has on the body. This in itself, I don't think, is inherently bad. You know, we have these these things that kind of show us... If you look at the Royal Surgeons Hall in Edinburgh, there are sections on oncology. So you have these preserved parts of tumours. Um, I, you know... <laughs> I don't particularly want to have an autopsy if it's not needed, but if, if for educational purposes they could say, oh, here's what oh, these years of vaping did this person's lungs, fine. So like I said, this on its own, not unethical, but there is a balance to it and they did not, uh, they didn't keep that balance. They went into territory of just being awful, awful human beings. So this woman that had died, she donated her body to medical science. And like I said, in the United States, this is a little bit iffy. This is a little bit more um, vague than here, because over here, as far as I'm aware, we don't have these private companies like MedEd Labs. So if you're donating your body to science in Ireland, you're donating your body to a medical school. Donating your body to science in the United States, if you're not doing it to a medical school, that's when it gets vague. You can be used as a crash test dummy. You can be used for plastic surgeons to practice things on. All, all manner of things you really don't know. So what I'm assuming happened here was that this woman donated her body to this private company who then sold her body to the BBC pathologists. And we're like, great, yeah, we're going to do this show where we do an autopsy on this obese woman and we show you the effects it has on the body. So already red flag number one, she didn't know. 
She donated her body to science. She didn't donate her body to be put on display in death. Apparently there was something covering her face, but there were plenty of camera shots of the rest of her body. So that is no privacy. There, there's no dignity in there. And I don't particularly like the term dignity in death because I imagine it as you have to be dignified when you die. And I think that's not fair. You, it can be very scary. You don't need to be dignified. And you don't need to be dignified in grief either. But the dignity of the person who is already dead, I think, is of paramount importance. And so there are all these camera shots of her body. And then, then these, these people um, performing the post-mortem completely degrade her, completely dehumanize her. I have no interest in watching this. I'm just, uh, I'm reading articles about it. They are just being like, oh my god, there's so much fat they're giving out about her liver. They're just fat shaming someone who is dead. She is already dead. And in case I hadn't made it clear enough throughout the course of this episode, that is crossing a line. And this makes me genuinely angry. I am furious that this was allowed to get... That this was commissioned. That someone in the BBC said, yeah, let's do this. Let's body shame a dead woman. The fact of the matter is, and now I'm going into the ethics of life as opposed to the ethics of death, but people are fat shamed consistently. Fat people know. They know that they're fat. And you know what? It isn't your business. You don't need to tell them that they're fat. And you don't need to make them feel like they shouldn't be allowed to exist as fat people. Because fat people are allowed to exist. They're allowed to take up space. They're allowed to do what they want. If you are that concerned about their health, I have a tip. Don't be, because that's between them and their doctor. I think this... um this example that I found and that I'm using, it kind of crosses over into how fat people cannot escaping fat shamed even in death. And it also shows how far death professionals have to go in regards to ethical treatment of the bodies. Now, I'm not saying this as a broad sweeping statement. There are a lot of people in the industry that I know are nothing but respectful. And I believe that is the standard a lot of the time. But I don't love the idea that just because someone is dead, they can be put on display without their consent. That is not how it works. Like, It's just absolutely horrendous, isn't it? This, this poor woman, the only thing covered was her face, so the rest of her body was on display. I don't like the idea of that happening to me. Not without my knowledge going into it. If, you know... Someone wanted to, someone came to me and I was very sick and I was dying and they were like, hey, we want to do this autopsy of you to show the effect that this has on the body or that this has. I'd say, okay, but I'd have to have a long discussion with them and make informed consent. And that is a big thing you will see in regards to organ donation. This is something that the actual proper professionals who have compassion preach consistently, informed consent, informed consent, informed consent. Now, I said I'm not sure why they couldn't get a body from the UK, but I think I have an idea. I'm not quite sure how Gunther did it, but I know in the in the UK, these um private body companies that I spoke about are illegal. The, so things like Meded Labs, not legal in the UK. So my guess is that it was a lot easier for the BBC to buy it from a medical company in the US and have to go through paperwork and try to do this and that and this and actually have a discussion with a British person and say, can we use your body for this and get their consent? 
they didn't have to jump through hoops they just called up someone like Meded Labs and say hey we're gonna pay several thousand dollars for this body so then we can make fun of her um there are so many different ways they could have done this they could have gone to uh, someone who was living in Britain and who was dying and who was obese they could have found it had a discussion with them had a discussion with their families and say this is what this is going to entail and maybe someone would have signed up maybe they would have and then what they could have done is they could have just explained what was going on and saying okay here we see this um amount of body fat which is more than is expected on a body there are so many different ways to do it like you can explain the effects that obesity has on the body without dehumanizing the person that you are cutting into I think we have a long way to go. We have a long way to go. And I think this is even just researching this episode, talking about it has really opened my eyes. I obviously have never gone this far and I would never want to go this far. But I think it's good for us to be more aware that in our quest for knowledge and education, we do not want to do it at the expense of people's dignity and their privacy. And I do not want to take anyone's death away from them. And I feel like that's what a lot of these things do. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and um, listening to me rant for over half an hour. It's interesting. It's rare that I get so um, riled up in these situations because death is so huge. And I there are things that annoy me and there are things that I want to change. And I, But I usually speak about them very passionately. I do. But it is rare that I get angry. And if I do get angry, I'll kind of jokingly get angry. I'll be like, oh, it's capitalism's fault. It's colonization's fault. It is, it is not a frequent occurrence that something really upsets me as much as the case of this poor woman and what the BBC have done. But at the same time, I think it's good to make people aware. Um, if anyone would like to watch Gunther von Hagen's autopsies let me know I can probably attach the links to this and that's 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 a good ethical way to explore death a little bit more that is someone who decided that they were consenting to have their autopsy be watched by a large population of people thank you so much for spending time with me and for sharing the space with me look after yourself and I'll see you next time Salam.